Hello, and welcome to Returning to Us, a podcast that gives you strategies and tips for how to hack your brain, build and strengthen relationships, and to teach people how to recognize and neutralize their emotional states. I'll discuss emotional intelligence and regulation, how food and exercise impact the body and brain, and share lessons from my own lived experiences. I'm Lauren Spiegelmeyer, the founder of The Behavior Hub, which is an organization that works to reduce the stressors of raising and educating children through a brain and biology-based lens. In these episodes, I'll share stories and strategies from my own life, work, and research, answer listener questions, and wrap it up with a try-it-at-home tip. Decades worth of information in just minutes. You ready? Today's episode, we are going into some of those calming and coping strategies. And specifically today, we're going to go deeper into breathing. But let's talk about the science behind this first. So, what happens is us as adults, children as well, they and we get elevated. Our stress responses, stress response systems get activated. Our nervous systems get knocked out of balance, all from the stressors of the world. And we all experience stressors at some point. The problem is when we keep getting stressed, even if they're micro stressors, and a micro stressor would be something like an alarm clock because it's an unnatural way to wake up. Another micro stressor would be maybe fluorescent lighting because it's an unnatural form of lighting. Another micro stressor might be a fire alarm from, from, uh, the fire company, there's a fire company across the street in the city, uh, sirens, um, the heating and ventilation systems, because they're really loud. All of those things are micro stressors to us and our bodies because they are unnatural to us. So experienced across a, a period of time, whether it be micro stressors, chronic stressors, traumatic stressors, it knocks our nervous system out of balance. And our nervous system stays in this flight fight, freeze, fawn response system. And that really has a negative impact on our body. It's It was designed to keep us safe. It does help keep us safe. But when you get stuck in it too frequently or you jump into that side of your nervous system too much, it becomes what we call a stable state, meaning it's like a muscle and you've over-exercised it and it's really, really strong. So when you get emotionally elevated, it's it's much easier for you to, to get bumped into that side or for a, chid, a child, a kid, a chid, <laughs> to get, um, to land on that side. So if a child continues to get anger, it continues to be explosive, the more and more and more and more they do that, the more that side of their nervous system is strengthened, the more that muscle grows. And the more likely they are or the quicker they are to anger because of that. The good news is when those behaviors, when those things happen, it muscle gets stronger. But just like the body and, and muscle building is when you stop using those, they get weaker. And when you strengthen another contradictory muscle to that muscle group, that gets stronger and it overrides the old one. So they've created that pattern they've created that staple state, we can undo that work and focus on building the other side, the other side of the nervous system. The parasympathetic side is what we call the rest and digest side. Sounds nice, is nice. 
spending a little bit of time in there to counterbalance the sympathetic side, the fight, flight, freeze, fawn system is how we get back to equilibrium. And we, we want to have a balance between the two because that's what keeps us emotionally sane and stable and calm and collected. So how do we do that? Breath work. It's a free way, easy way, cheap way. <laughs> so you can do it on the spot. You don't need any thing to do it. You just need to know the way to do it. And there's not too many wrong ways to do it. The biggest thing I'll say here is when you breathe in, it activates your, um, sorry, let's do this. If you, if you were breathing in and out quickly, that activates your sympathetic side. That's that fight, flight, freeze, fawn. When you breathe in and out slowly, that activates your sympathetic side. So the in-breath really activates the um, sympathetic side and the out-breath really activates the parasympathetic side, that rest and digest side. So, so all of that said, what you need to know is that we need a long out-breath. A long out-breath is what will calm us down. If you do short, quick breath, that's going to bring your energy up. For kids who are already in this explosive tantrum anger, frustration state. We want to bring them down. So we want them to do big, slow breaths. But alternatively, if you are tired at 2 p.m., doing some quick in and out breaths will actually kick you into gear and help you out and give you some energy. So different types of breathing used for different reasons. Let's talk about some of the benefits. Lots of benefits to breathing. Um, taking long, mindful, intentional, slow breaths lowers your blood pressure. That's a good thing. Reduces your cortisol. That's that stress-inducing hormone. That's what we want to lower. Also regulates your body temperature. Good to know. Lowers your heart rate. When kids get into those tantrum states or tantrum modes or we get stressed out, heart rate goes up. Um, and it also helps with digestion. So we're trying to reduce stress maintain stability, not jump into that sympathetic side. Breathing is the way to do that. So what are some types of breathing techniques that we can use? All depends on the age of the child and how you introduce it and what they'll be motivated by, but there are lots of different ones I use. Uh, bumblebee breath is one I use quite frequently for younger children. So you breathe in, you breathe out like the buzz of a bee. Do that five, seven, ten times and, and that should help to calm the child down. Flower breathing is another. So you can pretend or visualize to have a flower in your hand and blow all the petals off. If you want, you can do that with a real flower, especially like a dandelion. Those those blow quite well, blow off the petal, the petals, the seeds blow off quite well. The other thing too is you can have a garden pinwheel flower. You can buy them in any hardware store or garden store. And the beauty of that is kids can see their breath actually making the pinwheel move. So that's sometimes more motivating because they can see their breath doing something. Same with like a feather or a scarf. I will have kids blow scarves or tissues or feathers up into the air because the breathing, the breath work um, is more visual. Now, in the moment when they're having a breakdown and a tantrum, some of these won't work. To give them a feather, to get them a tissue, probably not going to work to help them get calm when they're in that explosive mode. But these can be used preventatively. They can be practiced, integrated into your everyday life. In fact, I would encourage you to do this yourself and with your kids. Practice breathing in the morning, at lunch, dinner, before bed. And that will help to regulate the stress response and the nervous system as well. So that's when that's a great time to do the the flower or the tissue breathing. 
You can also do five finger breathing. Five finger breathing is where you uh, spread out your five fingers and you trace uh, in breath when you trace up your finger and out breath when you trace down your finger. So you're going up and down your fingers, in and out, in and out, in and out. So you go through all five fingers. That could possibly be used or utilized during a breakdown. Also shape breathing. So you might do box breathing where you breathe in for four or five seconds, you hold for four or five seconds, you breathe out for four or five seconds, you hold for four or five seconds or numbers. You can do like a crazy eight and you can breathe in for one side of the eight and breathe out for the other side of the eight or just tie it to something that they love, like maybe rainbows. And you can use your whole body to make a rainbow swipe of color and breathe while you're doing that and then do all seven colors of the rainbow and make these big swooping motions to represent the rainbows. There are also visualization breathings as well. Like you could do a hot air balloon and pretend that you're blowing up a hot air balloon and use your hot air, feel your hot air in your hand, blow it up, make it huge, and then kind of visualize and send that hot air balloon off to someplace. Carries away your worries. Um, you can tie it to different animals, spider, bees, snakes, rabbits. You can sit back to back and you can feel as you breathe with a partner, what it feels like in your chest and your body to breathe in. You can also sit face to face and put a hand on each other's shoulder and feel what that feels like as the breath goes in and out. If they like Star Wars, you can make up a Darth Vader breath. Other options would be um, you can roll parts of your body or, or tense up and tighten parts of your body. So you can do like a shoulder roll and then breathe or hold your breath and squeeze your shoulders and then let the breath out. You could focus on holding your abdominal area, your diaphragm, and feel that uh, rise and fall with each breath. Elephant breath. So you stand up, you put your hands together. Big breath in as your hands go up into the air. As you breathe out, your hands come down like an elephant trunk and you can make a big elephant sound. So the breath options are pretty much unlimited here. What you can also do is do a quick search. There are plenty of options online. You can make up your own or allow a child to make up their own and they can name it or you can name it together. If we're talking about older kids, think about what would be motivating for them. Maybe their gifts or memes or TikToks or whatever it may be, but their the breath work is everywhere. It's pretty easy to find and again, free. So do a quick search, find some things that work for you, that work for your kids, practice them preventatively. So not in the, the tantrum or the breakdown moment and then practice them and use them um, reactively in the moment when the breakdowns are happening to calm down. If they can't do it in the moment while they're breaking down, co-regulate with them. I mean, you just model the breathing. You don't ask them to do anything. You just sit beside them and you model the breathing and their mirror neurons in their brain will start to mimic and copy what you're doing without even really knowing it. So lots and lots of options there for breathing. And if you make up any new breaths, I encourage you to shoot me an email because I would love to hear what you made up, uh, what fun different types of breathing techniques your kiddo came up with. Very eager to learn and create more of these because the possibilities are truly unlimited when it comes to breath work. All right, that's it for today's episode. Um, we're going to do listener question, which is from Arizona. This person asked, 
how to adopt different strategies for dealing with behaviors based on students' unique learning modalities or even developmental challenges. So the biggest thing here is when students have unique uh, learning challenges or even just aren't quite as motivated as the rest, I find what motivates them. Is it book characters, movie characters, is it sports, whatever it is that motivates them. And I tie it into everything I do. And if I can use that to help them find motivation and be engaged, typically works pretty well. And that also makes me think of engagement. Um, If they don't want to be a part of something that you're doing, it's likely that you're not being engaging enough or engaging in a way that hits home for them. So really try and do a trial and error of different types of engagements um, and get their needs, get their motivations, get whatever it is that lights them up. Use that to help them engage and learn and retain information. Also really break things down. Sometimes with learning challenges or developmental challenges, we just need to take these things and break it down. I did that with our whole emotional intelligence blueprint framework. I start teaching that to kids as young as two, three years old. And it's a very complex thing to teach. Most adults don't even have it down yet. But if you take it and you break it down into tiny micro steps and you add visuals and you add colors and you add things that are familiar to them, they can start to grasp it. Will it take them longer to get it? Yes. But will they retain it if taught in the right way and with the right supports in place? Absolutely. So scaffold that down, break it down into micro steps and then add more and more as you see that they are grasping it and learning it. And again, just don't forget, possibilities are unlimited with their interests. Ask them. They have the answers that we are looking for. They know what they need. Their body knows what they need. So don't forget to include them in the planning of the instruction or in the practice of the things. They have the answers. We just need to ask. All right, to wrap up the show, try it at home tip, which is a type of progressive muscle relaxation called the fence squeeze. So with this one, you are tensing up and tightening the muscles in your abdominal area and you'll stand for this. And what you'll do is you will stand up, squeeze your abdominal, hold your breath, pretend that you are squeezing through two fence planks. And then when you get to the other side, release your abdominal, breathe again, and then go back through the fence and keep going back and forth between the fence until you feel like your attention is gone and you are rested and you are calm and you are collected. This is a really good one for kids who are super, super hyperactive and impulsive because they get to move while they're doing this activity. All right, so that's it for today's episode of Returning to Us podcast. Remember, I'll try it at home tip, which is the fence squeeze. And if you would like me to answer one of your questions on a future show, email me at podcast at the or, or send me a text 717-693-7744. And don't forget to lock in what you learned by applying it right away. Easy way to do this is just to leave a comment or a review with your biggest takeaway. And don't forget to subscribe to a future episode to learn more ways for how to hack your brain and manage those big strong feelings. Until next episode, I am Lauren Spiegelmeyer and thanks for joining me.